0: Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where the term toxic masculinity hasn't been invented yet. Book number 78, The Dating Game. All stare in love and war. Hello, gladiators. I welcome to the podcast. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the dating game. I'm Marissa oh, Flaxbart, your host. And with me today is entertainment executive, a Star Trek expert, and just all around lovely person, Claire Sherud. Hi, Claire. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. I'm so excited to be here to talk about the dating game with you. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> A book that partially stars a character whose name was also Claire. So how did that feel for you? It honestly felt weird. (laughs) I bet.
1: I wanted to be more like her. I'm nothing like her. I
0: wanted to be more like her. Yeah, I don't think that many of us are like Claire Middleton, the Claire we're talking about. Female, um, straight female quarterback of of the old, the the gladiators, which this is one of those books where the football team gets referred to as the gladiators. It always makes me happy since that's what we call uh, the listeners here of this podcast. Well, Claire, this is your first time on Sweet Valley Diaries. So I'm going to go back to um, first principles and ask you, do you have any prior experience with Sweet Valley High before having read this book, number 78? I do. But it was a very, very long time ago. And reading cool. this made me realize I remembered nothing. <laughs> so, awesome. So
1: I used to read, I don't think it was actually, I don't think it was Sweet Valley High. There was another series called Sweet Valley Twins. And I oh, think yeah. I read those because I was like, oh, yep. this is different. This is very different, but um, thoroughly really enjoyable.
0: It always makes me happy to hear people say that. Um this actually came up with the previous guest from book 77. And, you know, the regular listeners will be tired of hearing me say it, but uh, that is exactly my journey. Like what you described, especially of I read the old books. And when I picked up a new book, I was like, I know what this is. And then I read it and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this one I mean, in particular. Could... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was like, this one
1: oh, my God, I read this and I was like, I think I understand my trauma better now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a book that, I mean, it has the main characters of Sweet Valley High in it. Elizabeth, Jessica, Todd Wilkins, Lila, Amy Sutton. You you know, they're there. But on the cover of the book, we have three very dark-haired people, unusually dark-haired trio for Sweet Valley, California, um and these people are yes. um presumably Gene West, Claire Middleton, mm-hmm. and of course Scott Trost, the man of the hour. Just an amazingly named character. Quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I think Scott Trost yeah. is just like it says it all. It really does actually. In this book they refer to him frequently as Toad Trost. Accurate. I mean, I feel like that's a good description. I, I think maybe Scott Toad. Yeah. Like, for some reason, when I hear Trost, I think Trough. Sure. It's just a, a slight, slight difference in sound. But it works for him. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, yeah, like they could have done more with that with like like being a pig. Right. I feel like the kids at my high school are way more creative. Right. Instead, they went with Toad. And we will explain why. Love it. But while we're talking about the cover, um, do you have any thoughts about who's who on this cover like Claire and Jean we can do a little cover sleuthing I do actually I have specific thoughts so I think we've got Claire actually with her
1: hand on Scott and I think it's Jean in the background and here's why because
0: Jean would be worried right right and Claire is wearing this like sporty kind of like jersey sort of um top I can't think a Henley Mm -hmm. shirt Yes. It kind of looks like a rugby shirt, too. I mean, I know it's not. No, no, it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny because so Claire and Jean in this book and this is Jean West, who just a few books ago was dumped by Tom McKay um, because Tom McKay is gay, although I don't think Jean knows that. Um, (laughs) But that's okay. Tom can share that with Jean in his own time. He's on a journey of self-discovery. But... um, Claire in this book is the one of these two girls who is, you know, you think would be less interested in touching Scott in the sort of intimate shoulder side hug way that she is here in this cover. But um, she's doing it. And yeah, you're right. I think you're right on the money. Jean is looking concerned about about this attention.
1: Yeah, I think Claire's playing Scott in this
0: moment. She's trying to win his trust only destroy it later yes and when we were left off at the end of book 77 it was with the question is scott trost as sexist as he seems and i wasn't sure knowing that this was going to be a book about you know two women going after the same guy uh how exactly that was going to unfold but never in my wildest imagination <laughs> did i did i think that it was going to be uh The Toxic Masculinity book did I think it was going to be about these two teen girls, you know, playing this uh, quarterback, uh, like just to fuck with him, you know, get revenge. Frozen. But that's what we have here. Right?
1: That took me totally by surprise, actually. I mean, I don't disagree with their (laughs) plan. Like, honestly, that was maybe the most fun part. Because he's awful. So awful. Yes.
0: And the game of this book as a reader is that we go back and forth between thinking that maybe Scott is the worst specimen of man ever. And maybe he's actually like kind of a sweet, sensitive guy, not and, and certainly, especially in like Jean West is the main character. I think of this book, and especially yeah, in oh her yeah. eyes, oh my god! Right up until the very last chapter, the thirteenth chapter of this book, she is not sure what she thinks of Scott. Yeah. She keeps on going back and forth between hating him and being in love with him. So let's walk the listeners through that, shall we? Yes, yeah, from we do. the start. Um, at the beginning, we have this dance. We haven't had a dance in a while in Sweet Valley. Love a good dance. Do you remember what it was called? Romance. Love and Bloom. Is it Love and Bloom? Yes. Or did I make No, that up? you're exactly right. Yay! Love and Bloom. <laughs> and so all of the single people at Sweet Valley High are all bummed out that they don't have a date to the dance.
1: They're freaking out. We get a sort I of a tour
0: of the Lonely Hearts. Enid... Jean, who's just, as we mentioned, broken up yeah. with Tom. And Scott. Oh, she's pra- sad about she it, is. too. yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, and it's understandable, right? Because they had something beautiful. It just, like, wasn't quite clicking. And she doesn't really understand yeah. why they broke up. Poor no. Jean. Someday she'll appreciate it. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was like a wizened sigh. Oh, Jean. Um, but and girl. then also among in the single club, we have Scott Trost, who mm-hmm. his last girlfriend, as far as we know, was Amy Sutton, who uh, yeah. dumped him when he got kicked off of the football team temporarily. So, so fickle. Yeah, yeah. So fickle. She gets a lot of shade well, and in Jessica. this book
1: is single
0: too right oh yeah Jessica's single which is a delightful uh, connected to a delightful <laughs> B story in this book that really it it, wow. it actually affects the A story as well but it just really threads all the way through in fact I think we can actually normally like we save the B story for later but I think in this case it's brought up to us kind of right at the start um, so right. let's yeah. ta- let's talk about Jessica's tale
1: jessica's interest in dreams and her journey to become an
0: expert dream interpreter yes because she is having the same dream every night and she's walking (laughs) along the beach in hawaii and she sees a man approaching her and she knows that this is the love of her life and, it's a beautiful black sand beach. Yes. And the more times she has the dream, <laughs> the more details she gets. And really importantly, she's sure that having had the dream repeatedly is a sign that it is going to come true. Yes.
1: And she's watched a television program and read a magazine article, so she (laughs) knows. Right.
0: Here are some quotes that I have about the girls, all of Jessica's friends talking with her about dreams at the beginning of the book. I love it. Lila went back to looking at herself in her mirror. Dreams are just dreams. They don't mean anything. She gave herself a smile. Every time I eat too much pepperoni pizza late at night, I dream that my car's been stolen. Amy chimes in. The only dreams that are important are the ones about cute guys who drive sports cars, Amy said with a giggle. Um, but then Jessica describes her dream, which I, I have highlighted, so I'll I'll read this. Well, oh, yeah? If we can going to go back Please. one quick second.
1: So you got, after the only dreams that are important are the ones about cute guys who drive sports cars, you get from Jessica. Uh, really, Amy, said Jessica, with a toss of her shoulder-length blonde hair.
0: Sometimes you can be so superficial. And I just love the whole line. line. (laughs) Especially from Jessica. Jessica says a lot of things in this book where like other characters, it's usually Elizabeth, are like, huh, that's funny coming from you. Um, And especially because she is, Jessica is usually Really vocal about her sense that it's important to like go from boy to boy and not like not get stagnant with one boy. But she's all obsessed in this book with with the idea of her one true love that she's dreaming about dreaming. So here's the dream, the first time that we hear about it. I'm walking along the beach. I'm wearing my two-piece pink bathing suit, the one with the little bows. Anyway, every few feet, I pass another cute guy I know. There's Nicholas Morrow and AJ Morgan and Danny Porter and Scott Trost. She paused to make sure she had everyone's attention. All of them want me to sit with them, but I just keep on walking. And then all of a sudden, I'm on a different beach and there's no one around at all. By now, even Lila was listening to her every word. Then, the next thing I know, it's raining, but there's nowhere to go for shelter. I start running. I run and run, and then I trip on something. I fall in the sand and I'm lying there, getting soaking wet and thinking that I'm never gonna get back home again. When I feel someone putting a blanket around me, she took a deep breath. I turn to see who it is, and there's the most gorgeous boy I've ever seen. Does he have dark hair? Asked Amy. Jessica picked up her sandwich. Well. Actually, I'm not sure about that. It's storming so severely. Then how do you know he's so gorgeous? Asked Lila. Jessica looked exasperated. It's a dream, Lila. Of course he's gorgeous. (laughs) So what happens then? Asked Sandra. Jessica shrugged. Then I wake up. It's like real life, said Jean. She smiled. Just when you get to the good part, it ends. Poor Jean. Aww. That sucks Jean. up our little sad sack Jean. <laughs> Aww. Can't catch a break. No, no. But also not able to catch a break. I mean, in a sense, let's not have too much sympathy for the man, is Scott Trost, who's getting shit from Ugh. his buddies for not having mm-hmm. a date to the dance yet. And he talks a big game. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we'll see. You know, you think all the ladies are... So in love with you, like let's see you get a date, and he's like, "They're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be clamoring gonna be all
1: over me. I can have any girl I want.
0: Yeah, uh, basically, yeah." So, and Elizabeth so overhears I... this, and she just is like, "She sees red." Elizabeth is so pissed about like the anything Scott Tross says in this book. She goes from zero to sixty. Yeah. She starts thinking about <laughs> the recent, uh pageant that she was so upset about and like Scott's attitude reminds her of that and then she even has a dream because this book is full, full of dreams lots of fun dreams weird dreams she has a dream that Scott is like picking women off of trees like apples <laughs> that was the visual so she's mad and she's gonna turn it yeah, into a newspaper story mm-hmm. I, I get Elizabeth
1: <laughs> like <laughs> yeah I feel like I like that was more me in high
0: school. Well, so uh, you get Elizabeth. Now, did you get Todd? Like, what did you think about Todd? Because he's he's pushing back a little bit, not in a not in like a mean way, but in a like,
1: no, he's 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 not pushing back in a mean way. He's explaining like how it is, how sometimes guys are different with their guy friends than their girlfriends. And it's like, everything he's saying is not wrong. It's just also toxic. (laughs) There's no acknowledgement of, oh, yes, I, yes, that is what happens.
0: But no, it is not good.
1: (laughs) Instead, he's more like, that's just how it is, babe.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely gives from a, this is one of those things where, like on on its surface, reasonable enough, but looking at it from 2023 it definitely Ooh, is tinged with, you have to understand where he's coming from. He's not abusive because yes. he's a bad person. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's not a, and so in this case, he's not, he's not a misogynist because he really hates women. He just pretends that he does because he's that's what insecure. society demands. Or You know, like, he's never, he's not using these words, when, but... When,
1: When they dip your pigtails in ink, it's because they like you. If they hit you, it's because they like you. All that kind of shit. Like,
0: Yeah. Like very uh. early on, when Elizabeth's first pissed off about this, she says, (laughs) it's funny. Did you hear him? He's so arrogant. No wonder no one wants to date him, she fumed. It surprises me that no one's tried to murder him. Todd grinned amiably. I wouldn't get too upset about it, Liz, he said mildly. Scott's not really such a bad guy. And Elizabeth says, not such a bad guy. What are you talking about? Did you hear him? He acts as if he's the best thing to happen to women since pantyhose. He just got a little carried away with himself. That's all. (laughs) You know how guys are. They like to brag. It doesn't really mean anything. So, yeah. Boys will be boys. You know, we're at this point (laughs) in, like, feminism. I think it is society i don't or at least american society i don't think it's just me where like collectively women are like fuck that like no we're not yeah. <laughs> like oh i'm done with that shit
1: i'm serious yeah like and i think it's also it's millennials but it's also gen z they're just watching all of this and going oh no that looks gross <laughs> yeah
0: so i just think about that. yeah i think about my boyfriend telling me essentially like don't get so worked up about it he's not so bad and just like what what that would make me think and I it's not good thoughts it's very, very bad
1: thoughts I could not agree more but he's just but he's so cool and chill and like you know he's just gonna trick her to shame her publicly in the school
0: newspaper and not tell her about it
1: although actually I don't know if you know, it was anonymous so she, he didn't know she didn't know rather
0: Right, right. Because Elizabeth, through through the course of this book, Elizabeth's story is that she is going to get, you know, she's going to do what Elizabeth does. She's going to write a newspaper article about this issue of how, like, basically, what are men looking for and what are women looking for? And she is concerned that perhaps the boys of Sweet Valley High think beauty is only skin deep a concern for Elizabeth and yeah. so she like gives out this questionnaire that she has the boys and the girls fill out and it like basically it has a ranking of like the different things like what's the most important to you in, when you're looking for a date and um it it's not looking great for the boys generally no. like like when we're talking about it from a statistical perspective uh <laughs> it's like it does seem skewed uh, again. I mean, and then Todd is kind of coming in with like hashtag not all men, right? Oh my God, absolutely.
1: And there's so much of the, um, well, but looks are the first thing that someone sees. But that's the thing that gets you in. Yeah. Then you can see if you like the person. Then you can get to, it's just, it's like yeah. presented as you got to make yourself pretty because then they can get to know you. But yeah. if you're not pretty, they're not even going to talk. It is so damp. It's it's wild. I literally got to the end of this and it had an existential crisis. I was like, oh God, this is where my, this is where so much of my trauma came from. <laughs> i read <laughs> oh no. so many books like this. No, but I love yeah. them. I love them. I read so many books no, like I, this.
0: You're so right. Oh my God.
1: And I was looking at these books to like actually like understand like, I, so I, I grew up in England until I was about 10. And then I moved oh, to the wow. States. And so I was like, not only that, and autistic, undiagnosed. So not only I'm from a different country, not able to understand what's going on. I'm a nerd reading books, trying to understand how do these kids interact? What's normal? Mm. What do I do? What do I say? And now I'm like, oh, God, I was doomed from the
0: start. <laughs> there was just. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It is kind of like I mean, obviously your details are yours, but it is sort of like the thesis statement of this entire podcast. And you know, I am someone. I'm an only child. Um, I, I lost my mom when I was fairly young. I also learned right. a lot about things like dating and, especially dating stuff. I I absorbed from yes. media, and yes. um. Luckily, I was not reading Sweet Nellie Eye <laughs> books because it would have, I mean, it would have just reinforced what I was looking at already. But go, so yeah. Todd, what Todd does is he writes this anonymous letter. We don't find out that it, Todd has done it until later, but it's something that kind of gets under Elizabeth's skin, but like partially because she kind of thinks that the letter writer has a point, which is just what you were saying. Yeah. Like, look. uh, Sure, the guys in your survey are saying that they look at looks first, but that doesn't necessarily mean that men are totally shallow. You know, that's what he's saying. And... The way that you were describing it reminds me of something that always just really pisses me off, and it's the kind of thing, like, when I hear – it's always men saying this, but when I hear them saying it, about about whatever. It doesn't have to be about looks, about anything, where it's like, well, evolution has trained human beings to be – like, you know, we were – hunter-gatherers for thousands of years and so we have to like whatever whatever argument you want like reducing it down to evolutionary biology as if that's so dumb to me yeah it's
1: like well yes that was the past and now this is the future would you like to survive okay change if not okay it just feels like a really handy (laughs)
0: excuse (laughs) it feels like a really handy excuse to not behave yourself you know what i mean like to not be a human uh, being like well cavemen did it so i can do it too what that doesn't even make sense yeah like why fight your primal instincts whatever that means it's like oh okay you're right you don't live in a cave you live in a house in southern california (laughs) evolved okay clearly clearly (laughs) this has set us both off um but the the good news is we've managed to get all the way through elizabeth and todd's storyline well except that Oh, there's this really cute scene toward the end of the book that is cute because um, it's about typewriters. So... Oh, my God. Yes. I was... oh. And so this letter that has come into the newspaper is typewritten and anonymous. And Elizabeth's looked at it a lot of times. And the last time she's looked at it, she's thinking about writing a response, which is something Todd has encouraged her to do. Uh, but she doesn't want to do it because it means she's going to have to admit that maybe she was a little yeah. bit wrong. In, yeah, in her article, which was saying the men of Sweet Valley High are Shallow, <laughs> based on the um, receipts that she got from their, from their um, questionnaires. But so she's looking at the typewritten letter and all of a sudden she's like, wait a second, I recognize this typewriter's unique. Flaws, Like, every typewriter has things about it, like, that are a little bit off. And this one, it has this crooked A. And she realizes she recognizes it from, you know, months of homework assignments. And, and it's Todd's typewriter. It's like, yeah. oh, man, the things we she lost. She super sleuthed it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Computer doesn't do that. I guess if somebody's printer... No. That's like a particular, I don't know if people have to print things out anymore. If you just email your assignments in, I don't know. But probably, I have no idea actually now. I feel upload old, them now to I feel like really chalkboard, old. whatever you do.
1: By the way, like the one of the best parts about all of that is like, there's this scene early in the book um, with Jessica and Elizabeth and their mom and dad, where basically Mr. Wakefield just reinforces everywhere that we're going to end up. He's like, oh, yeah, I liked your mom because she was pretty. And I mean, he's kind of kidding, but he's also kind of not.
0: Like, yeah. That scene felt like he was joking with Alice, but that Alice wasn't finding it funny. That's how it felt to me.
1: Yeah. It was like, okay, great. So there's talk masculinity at home too, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or maybe now i'm just on a roll and i'm just seeing it everywhere
0: yeah well it is That's i mean it is essentially what this book is about and most centrally with scott trost and so we haven't even really talked about the oh God, no. the crux of the story and like why the this question of toxic masculinity like pretty far into the book i realized like oh that's what this book is actually about and to the book's credit we've been talking about all the ways that the other men in sweet valley are like excusing this kind of behavior but to the book's credit it shows how this is bad for scott too like scott's bravado scott's locker room talk is hurting him so let's get into it Mm -hmm. shall we a hundred percent
1: but you're completely right like Scott does not come off looking like a good guy here, no. you know, either to the to the women or to the men. No. Like, he really like he's getting he's getting it from both sides. And so I don't know. It's a little bit
0: weird. Like they're all trying to protect each and, other from him, even though. And yeah. that's true, even from the beginning or at the beginning of the book when he's talking about how, oh, sure, I could get a date. All of his his buddies are like, oh, Mr. Yeah. Wonderful, you think you're so great. Like, sure, I bet, you know, let's yeah. see you get a date. Which causes Scott to decide to write the exact same love letter to two different girls. We learn later he's doing this to hedge his bets like a safety school. Ugh. And he writes this romantic, very romantic letter that the fir- first Gene West finds it. And then later on, Claire Middleton, we learn, has gotten the exact same letter. Um, I could probably give an excerpt of the letter here. Oh, I please, please do. Please include the pearls. Oh, yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> he starts. Favorite part. Yeah, it's a long letter, so I won't read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll read the start. Dear Jean, I've been trying to get up the courage to write you this letter for a long time. Sometimes when I pass you in the hall, I want to reach out and touch you. I want to say, hey, Jean, look at me. I'm looking at you. <laughs> so oh he says, um, I'm not a poet or anything, Jean. I'm a quarterback. I'm a good quarterback. But when it comes to telling a girl <laughs> like you how I really feel about her, well, I guess I never really got off the bench. God. I could tell you that I think you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. But why should you believe me? I could tell you that your skin reminds me of pearls and your eyes remind me of stars. But you've probably heard that a billion times before. <laughs> so anyway, any signs that, you know, yours hopefully, Scott Trost. Yeah. And yeah. And Jean is like, oh, she's conflicted. Right. Because Scott she is, is. She knows what Scott's like. She's you know but she's vulnerable she's just coming off of with it tom like she's vulnerable yeah. here and she goes into this thing that i really related to actually quite a bit where she yeah. kind of thinks herself into having a crush on scott
1: yes yeah because she's so excited that someone likes her because she feels so you know rejected
0: yeah and so she talks to jessica about it and pretends that What's happened with the letter was a dream. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and she gets Jessica's advice, which she takes. She, and writes. she writes a nice letter to Scott, a response, and puts it in his locker. Um, but when she does, she sees Claire Middleton hanging around his locker. And we also know that Claire is interested in Scott. Jane doesn't know this, but we know this, the readers. And there's this guy named Danny Porter on the football team who's interested in Claire <laughs> And so is John Pfeiffer. So Claire's, you know, looking the wrong direction. But there are some boys that are into her. And she's into Scott Trost at the outset of the book.
1: Yes. So they each, they they meet, I think they're meeting, they meet at Scott's locker. And they don't realize it because they were both trying to put the notes back in. Yes. And so they get to ch- they get to chatting and they don't realize it's the same guy. So they decide to go to the mall to find oh outfits gosh, yeah. for their dates. And it's so sweet. And the entire time you're like, I'm looking for this train wreck. Um, and then, of course, they figure it out and they're at the mall now having to devise a plan to get back at Scott. And this was multi layered for me because I was just obsessed with the fact that they were at a mall. Yeah. So my first job was working at Limited
0: too. in oh the gosh. mall. <laughs> I love it.
1: And like that, they're having this wonderful moment. There's, I love it. I love everything about it.
0: Yeah. And it, you do, like, I thought that maybe the book was going to stretch this out a little bit longer. But at this point, yeah. we're in chapter five. We go from this being a book about Scott duping these two sweet girls to the girls trying to get revenge on Scott. And it becomes that. Yeah. It, it remains that for almost the rest of the book. Um, yeah so here's here's the moment where they realize like gene is realizing like oh so your (laughs) guy's the quarterback my guy's the quarterback i mean i just read that too in the letter right he says it i'm like well ken matthews is one quarterback he's got a girlfriend so there's only one guy it could be wait i love gene though where she's like Wait, wait, did they break up? Like, she's so she really wants, hoping that yeah. maybe it's Ken Matthews,
1: oh, and like, it's just that last ditch. Oh, love her. Jean handed
0: a letter to Claire, and Claire handed hers to Jean. Standing side by side between blouses and sportswear, each read the other's love letter. That creep, Jean said in a low but furious voice. He's written the exact same letter to us both, word for word. I don't believe this, Claire whispered. They're identical. She looked up, her eyes blazing. Just wait till I get my hands on him, that two-timing cheat. She shook her fist in the air. And if you want to know the truth, she hissed, he isn't even that great a quarterback either. Jean was speechless with rage. Well, she had wanted to know who would be mean enough to write a love letter as a joke, and now she knew. She reread Claire's letter, looking for something, anything different about it. But except for Claire's name written at the top, it was the very same letter Scott had written to her. Scott had only been playing a game with them. As angry as she was with Scott, however, Jean was even more furious with herself. What a fool she'd been. The first boy to ask her out since her breakup with Tom McKay, and she'd been carrying on as though he were Romeo and she were Juliet. The thought of her behavior made her cheeks burn. Poor Jean. Jean needs some self love. <laughs> yeah, in <and> more ways <laughs> than one, huh? huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so so they basically, yeah, they, they decide, as we've alluded to, to not tell Scott, like they're gonna mm-hmm. they've both like arranged dates, like that's why they're at the mall, right? To like shop for yeah. outfits. Um they've both arranged dates with him already. So they're gonna do the dates and just kind of mess with him.
1: Yeah, they think that they can humiliate him. So if he goes on both the dates with them and then they can tell everybody about their dates then they can get the whole school to make fun of him instead of them looking like
0: the fools, right? Uh, Yeah, and I think that what happens is that they keep on changing their plan as they go like they initially do. it was just a little bit of like oh we'll fuck with him like jean goes to the coffee shop that she knows scott's taking claire to yes. so that when scott walks in and sees jean there he turns on his heels and has to make a new plan and explain it to claire you love that so much i know that's a good tactic well um, and jean
1: called them out on it in her date. She's like, "Oh, by the way, I later saw you with on Claire at the
0: coffee shop." Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. And 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 Scott gets all quiet. <laughs> but yeah, he's like... when Jean goes on her date with Scott, so like Claire goes on the date. She's like, "It was so boring. It was so awful. I didn't like it." So Jean is expecting the same from her date. But it's not really like that. Like, she finds Scott to be very charming, and he says nice things to her. And also, like, he seems sensitive in a way that she never had any idea. So she keeps on thinking things to herself that I, I highlighted. She thinks, this boy is a rat, not a human being. And later on, she thinks, this is not a person. This is an ego with feet. And sh- I should clarify, she's not thinking these things because he's acting like a rat or an ego with feet. It's because she's trying to remind herself not to fall for him because he he's seems so- nice. He's being so charming. Which, by the way, why didn't he
1: just ask her out? He could have asked Claire out afterwards if she had yeah. said no.
0: God, so He's real dumb. So yeah. insecure. He's so insecure. <laughs>
1: oh my god but she likes it she has a good time that's the problem
0: she kind of yeah yeah didn't you think that jean was kind of prolonging the the quote-unquote prank because she kind Uh, of wanted to keep going on dates with scott she wasn't ready to let go so she was fine
1: yes she was not ready to let go she had not figured out what she
0: wanted yet She. And struggled. as their yeah, and as their dates go on, she is increasingly convinced that maybe she that she's really falling for him. But she keeps on like having a change of heart because she yeah. she'll go to school and weird stuff will happen. Like she'll try to make eye contact with him, and he won't look at her in the hallway. Like weird, weird stuff. And then she also gets nervous. Like well, Claire says that she's not having a good time on the dates. But I have been saying that too to Claire, and I'm lying. <laughs> so <laughs> what if Claire's also lying? And and, and I mean I, I'm jumping through a lot of dates here, but basically Scott ev- Scott eventually brings up, um oh oh my gosh no, we have to talk about when they do confront him the first time. Oh, because oh, what happens yes! is yes,
1: oh my God, yes. Okay, sorry.
0: Okay. Yeah, sorry. Because what happens the is there's so many cafeteria. twists and turns, gladiators. <laughs> and this is early still. The Claire tells everybody that her she has a new boyfriend and it's Scott Trost. And Jean says the same thing. So yeah. then the word gets around that Scott's dating the two girls and they confront him about it. So this is the initial confrontation. Yeah.
1: To be honest, I thought word was gonna get around faster.
0: Yeah. It took a little while. Yeah. But then I remembered we don't have cell phones. <laughs> True, true. I mean considering no cell phones, it got around pretty fast. Right? It's actually pretty fast. Like Jean even schemes like it goes back to poor Caroline Pierce, who has a reputation for being a gossip. And it's like the the book had to throw in a little bit of uh like the tiniest obstacle and pretend that like well Jean wasn't really close with Caroline Pierce, but she knew that Jessica was, so she told Jessica about Scott. Um, And Elizabeth is the one that one of the people Claire tells about Scott. And Elizabeth is like in disbelief because she is like, how could she Claire like Scott? And also um, Danny Porter is obviously into you and you guys would make a great couple. She doesn't say that outright, but I mean, um, but she helps the girl out later. God bless her. Yeah, Boy, does she. So (laughs) what does Scott do when these girls confront him? Oh,
1: and it's so sad because I knew this was going to (laughs) happen, but like he totally turns it around on them and they think like they're going to have like this, you know, big showdown. Although I will say Gene saves the day. Gene figures out how to get back at him in the moment and Claire goes along with it. So they get into their scheme.
0: Yeah, because Scott, you know, this like nice guy that Gene was liking is so gross in front of everybody. And he basically says, yeah, babes, you know, yeah, you both want to, you know, I was dating both of you. Now, which one of you is going to go to the dance with me? Let's make it a competition. An
1: actual competition.
0: And here again, back to the toxic masculinity being bad for Scott. It's not, he's trying to impress these other boys or whatever, but nobody else in the school thinks this is cool. Like, I mean, there's for Lilla, maybe. Yeah, and Jessica a little bit is like I should have thought of that. Like I should have ha- been in the competition. Like she, you know, she's uh, once she gives up on her her dream man, who she's found out in a dream that his name is Jackson, by the way, and um, a further dream. Wait, um, so is
1: this is this supposed to be showing us that,
0: like the old school
1: versus the new school? Like maybe is that is that supposed to be like oh we're we're improving now because. Yes, there are some of the girls that are saying, "Oh no, good competition," but the majority of them are saying, "Oh no, that's bad." I is think maybe like
0: there we're... is because there's yeah. a line from Jean's perspective where she makes a comment about setting the women's movement back eighty years. You know, so <laughs> the idea of the women's movement is clearly yes. such as it is is clearly on the <laughs> minds of the s- ghostwriters. Those are trying. Um. So here's a little backstory about so i mean obviously elizabeth is only more convinced that scott is scum after this display and she doesn't understand until later that claire and nobody does that claire and Jean are yeah. pranking scott essentially yeah or they think they're pranking him um so here's something that todd says to elizabeth you don't happen to know who scott's brother jack is do you he asked um let's see elizabeth pretended to concentrate that wouldn't be jack trost would it very funny todd said but the fact is that scott's brother is the jack trost you may not have heard of him because he's a lot older than we are but he was all american in college a real hero he was all set for a brilliant professional career but he had to give up the game because of a knee injury elizabeth frowned i really don't see what this has to do with scott's arrogance that's what i'm trying to explain Todd said, I don't think it is arrogance. I know it sounds funny, but I think it may be just the opposite. You see, Jack Trost was a brilliant student and a gifted quarterback. He was one of those guys everything comes easily to. After he quit football, he set up his own computer business and made a success of that. Todd shook his head. My guess is that Scott finds Jack a really hard act to follow. It's not bad enough that he thinks he has to prove something to the other gladiators. He thinks he has to prove something to Jack parents to himself as well
1: oh so sad so sad Scott's parents need to invest in a therapist ASAP yeah I'm about 30 years to absolutely it me up because I'm just like by the way I totally get it and I can compl- and like it all makes sense and you understand it but I also am like oh that's where I got thirty years of letting guys off the hook for bad behavior. Yeah, I mean, they had a they had a really bad relationship with their mom and their dad, and they're trying so hard. I'm just going to help them be better.
0: Ugh. Yeah, absolutely. You...
1: I mean, I don't know. I'm. That's a very, very <laughs> a very specific. Day.
0: It is, but it's like that's the kind of modern perspective. I mean, it's it. I I I like. I don't think that there's anything wrong with trying to understand where someone's coming from, but it's, it's not helping. I I actually, what Elizabeth goes on to think is like, that's not an explanation. That's an excuse is what she thinks. Right, And she's right. Uh, this is another thing that Todd says about on chapter five. Um, Sometimes this is another, like, defense of Scott, even earlier than the one I just read. Sometimes boys act one way when they're with other boys and another way when they're with girls. Meaning what? Meaning that scene with Scott and the gladiators the other day. Boys put a lot of pressure on one another to act tough and manly. I don't think Scott would have acted like such a jerk if the others hadn't been teasing him. So that's, you know, uh, that's also a thing that's that is true, but it's not great. And it's not great for Scott. Right. Right. Yeah,
1: it's weird. It's like they're presenting it as as, this is what the world is, but without necessarily saying Mm. how toxic it is or how bad it is. And it's like, it's not trying to gaslight you. Like, I feel like for 91, this is like, this is pushing,
0: this is helping people. But like, no, it feels a little gaslighty. That's That's where I get into this thing with these books where it's like, okay, I see that what you're presenting is true about society, especially at the time. But did you really have to present it this way? Because there's no way to read this information without having this sort of gut feeling that like there's like, well, this is just how things are. Like they can't be different, you know? Uh, However, you do hopefully take away the lesson that this is not a good way for things to be as th- by the time the book is over. Um, yes.
1: I, yes. I will say that though they, they do cause they, they don't, they don't make Scott out to have his behavior out to have been actually good behavior. They acknowledge it was terrible and bad. I mean, Jean, she kind of not reads him the right act, but she, gives him parameters at the very end, which makes me feel a little bit better. But when you go back to, actually, it's that same, okay, that same scene that you were just talking about, Uh um, where you have Todd and Elizabeth talking about how you have to be physically attracted to the person first. And I get it, and yes, and people and all this stuff, but like also no. Like the I feel like you get, you read this book and you come out of it going, if I'm not perfectly pretty, no mm-hmm. one's ever gonna want to have a date with me, and so they're never gonna get to know me, and I'm gonna just die
0: alone. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I mean that passage. That's the only
1: that, part that, yeah,
0: yeah. I felt reading that passage like, damn, this is has been my main neurosis my entire life. You know, hello. Like it's there mine. you go. Like, right. Like this is unfortunately. It doesn't,
1: it has no intention of it, but it digs into that pretty privilege, that whole, you know, if you're not pretty, you're not going to get thing. It's just, mm. Yeah, I wish, they, I wish they had tackled that because the way they had tackled the Scott thing. And I know I've like been bagging on how they tackled the Scott thing because it's not 2023, but at least
0: they were trying to move the needle
1: a little bit, right. you know what and I this, mean? And
0: this comes just two books after um, the beauty pageant episode which kind of is doing the same thing uh, yeah um okay but let's get let's t- talk go back to Jean and yes. scott and claire because i have a question for you so okay. what happens as these dates continue is that scott starts to tell Jean, like look now you know now that it's out in the air that i gave you both you know i was seeing you both i want you to know that you are the one that I that I really like and I've liked you for a long time basically everything I said in the letter was true yeah. and increasingly like he he takes her on this romantic date that's going to be their last date uh, yeah. as far as Jean is concerned it's like the last yeah. date before the competition is over Um, Oh, and Jean has this funny dream where she's out with Scott and he has a grading sheet (gasps) where he's grading the girls on a bunch of different criteria and telling them that if they don't, oh, you disagreed with me about something, minus 10 points. (laughs) Um, This is a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So she wakes up from the nightmare and she's like, you know, it's, it's putting doubt in her mind and she has every reason to doubt. Um, I said how the book goes back and forth and Jean goes back and forth throughout it. Not quite sure if she can trust Scott or not. Like, which Scott is the real Scott? Did you think that Scott was being honest with Jean when you read him talking about how much he liked her? So I I had
1: two opinions on this. Because it was a Sweet Valley book, I'm like, okay, I think he probably means it. But then I was like, but this if this was real life, oh, no, girls getting played. Like, I believed it because it was Sweet Valley. And there's going to be a somewhat happy ending. But I was just, oh, no. I, I was like, it was like I was watching a movie screaming at the screen going, just tell him he's got to pick you now. <laughs> like, call it off. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
1: I, and
0: instead, every time, like, Scott actually tries to bring up Claire with Jean. Oh, that's right. A couple that's times. Right. Yes. And Jean won't. She like doesn't want to hear it. Like she doesn't want to talk. She about doesn't. It. Um, and I don't does, exactly know why. But does Jean lie a lot? <laughs> like... No, not. I mean, we haven't spent a ton of time with Jean before this, but no. But she. Here, <laughs> I mean, speaking of Jean lying, so um, <laughs> here's a, uh, a funny moment where. This is right before each girl is about to go on their last date with Scott before he decides who he's going to take to the dance, which he's going to announce in front of everybody. And their plan is somehow we don't exactly know until it happens, but somehow they're going to like turn him down and tell him he's going to humiliate him
1: in front of his friends. Yeah.
0: So here's a scene from this last date. Claire says, two more hours of trying to think of something to say to Scott, and I'm a free woman. Jean turned her attention to smoothing out her skirt. I know what you mean, she said, not knowing what Claire meant at all. She never had any trouble finding things to say to Scott. Claire shuddered. No more of those awful five minute silences when all you can hear is the sound of us chewing or breathing. Ugh, it certainly hasn't been any fun, Jean lied, thinking back to when they played miniature golf. She'd also had fun when they went for pizza and she almost had fun the time she nearly set him on fire in the restaurant all i want is for this whole ridiculous thing to be over with claire said and then i can get back to my real life she smiled shyly and the boy i really like because claire has kind of she was reluctant about going in on this scheme at all because she was like yeah. oh it might mess up my opportunities with other boys okay Jean came back to the locker room with a jolt Her real life? The boy she really liked? What did Claire mean? A chill went through Jean as she realized the truth. Dating Scott was her real life. Being with him and looking forward to seeing him had become important to Jean. The memory of Scott trying for the 25th time to get his ball through the windmill at Golf City flashed before her eyes. She could hear his laughter. She could see his grin. Jean leaned against the lockers. How had she ever gotten herself into this mess? Scott Trost was the boy she really liked. So that's how Jean's feeling. And of course she tells, she's, I don't know. She's like reveals this to a few friends, but ultimately she ends up telling Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, and they, Oh, I'm sorry. Let's not forget that Jean and Scott kiss. They have yes. a romantic kiss, and they had said they weren't gonna kiss. Yeah, so, right.
1: Or was that the Claire first? and Jean yes, exactly. had said
0: like, let's not kiss, and that Jean had been like dodging Scott's hand when he tries yes. to like stroke her hair in the car, stuff <laughs> <Something>
1: like that. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Um. Well, since I highlighted it, I don't want to deprive the gladiators of one of the rare moments of uh, of action in this series. So <clears throat> very romantic. So he's driven mm-hmm. her like an hour with her hands over her eyes or something. It's a little creepy. And he's like, you've got to trust me, Jean. And we're like, okay, I guess. Why? They walked in the moonlight. The farther they walked, the farther away the rest of the world seemed to be. The letters, the plan, the contest, everything that had seemed so important only a few hours before, now seemed as far away as the smiling moon. For the first time since the whole thing had begun, Jean felt herself relax completely. She couldn't remember when she would felt this happy. And when he took her in his arms this time, she didn't pull away. It's always been you, Jean, right from the start. Scott put his lips to hers and kissed her. She had never been kissed like this before. When she kissed him back, Jean wasn't pretending at all. So So, beautiful. Very romantic. (laughs) And it continues to be romantic, Right up until, um, well, she tells Elizabeth, Elizabeth is yeah. <laughs> it's a very funny Elizabeth moment where um, Jean tells Elizabeth about being in love with Scott. And she's like, Elizabeth's like, well, have you told Claire about this? Like, you guys need to call off your plan. And um, Jean says something like, I almost said something this morning, but I was so confused. Jean's confusion made Elizabeth feel sure of her own judgment. She decided to take charge. Well, that's what you've got to do then, Jean. You can't possibly go through with your original plan feeling the way you do. You've got to call the whole thing off before it's too late. Obviously, she's right, and I just thought it was so funny yes. that it was like Jean's confusion made Elizabeth even more sure, and she took charge of Jean's life. But a Jean is not; she tries to tell Claire, but she's not able she to get it out no. before they arrive in the cafeteria. No, Claire and, wants this over. She's ready. um
1: Elizabeth has already helped her get with. <laughs> Steve Anderson. Danny, no, Danny, Port, Danny Porter. Danny Porter. Steve <laughs>
0: Anderson is who Jessica ends up going to the dance. That's work. right,
1: that's right.
0: Oh my God. Love it. And yeah, th- as soon as like Gene is actually even gonna speak up and she's gonna stop Scott from making his announcement of who has won the contest, but then he starts talking. He's and being asked. Yeah. It says, a strong, confident voice filled the room. Unfortunately though, the strong, confident voice wasn't Jean's. The voice belonged to Scott. This has been a very difficult choice to make, the voice said. But it wasn't the voice she'd become used to over the past week, the voice that had made her laugh, the voice that had whispered to her so passionately on the beach the previous night. This was the patronizing, condescending voice of Scott Trost, the arrogant super jock. He, uh, he goes on. Both Claire and Jean are great girls, and I'm sure going to miss having the two of them fighting over me. From yeah. somewhere nearby, Jean heard one boy whisper to another, "Can you beat it? This guy thinks he's a rock star or something." Which that's this is what I'm talking about. He doesn't look yeah. good to the boys either. Yeah, he looks Which I like do an like, asshole. Yeah. Yeah, he's just hurting himself. And Gene ends up, when when he picks Gene, because of yeah. course, because he likes Gene, even yeah. though he's being a dick, um, Gene starts screaming at him. Oh, she loses it. Yeah. Oh my I wouldn't go out with you if you were the last boy on Earth. She screamed, her face red with fury. She could see the shock and surprise on his face, and it made her even angrier. And if you were the last boy on Earth, she continued, you'd better believe I demand a recount. And she throws she, from the table beside her. She grabbed what she hoped was a full container of milk and threw it in Scott's direction before she ran from the room and a flood of tears. So I can't condone yeah. the milk throwing. However, <laughs> it no waste milk. But uh, I'm uh, with you. I'm with you. Yeah. And yeah, then it's, it's the last chapter of the book after that. It's like, all right,
1: how's this going to wrap it up? It wraps up fast, by the way. Like, like I, when we got to that last chapter, I was like, oh, my God, there's like 10 pages left. What's happening?
0: Yeah. And who is it? Is it Claire and J- Elizabeth that go check on Jean? Yeah, it's Claire and Elizabeth. You're totally right. But why does Jean, well,
1: set the stage? Because I'm confused why Jean does what she does, but set the stage.
0: So they go to her house, sure that Gina's going to be despondent, and she opens the door, and she's, like, looking great. And she tells the girls that she doesn't care about Scott at all. She doesn't want to hear his name. Like, they bring up Scott, and, and like, have you talked to Scott yet? And she's like, Scott who? I don't care at all. And they're like, oh, I guess Jessica was right. Jessica who thought that Gina seemed fine. Um, And they leave. And then we stay with Jean and see her sort of like dissolve the into a pool of tears. She hasn't been sleeping. Pulls, there's tissues like hidden that she pulls out. Yeah, it's um, like nighttime reminds her of Scott. Pizza reminds her of Scott. Like everything reminds eat. her of Scott. She can't eat. Eating reminds her of Scott.
1: Everything. Oh, God. I just don't get why she lies to Claire and Elizabeth because they've had her back. Like
0: maybe it's like a says, fake it till you'll make it thing. Like she feels like if she puts up a strong front, yeah. she, it'll become the truth, which is Honestly, funny now that I say that out loud. That's what that's what uh, Scott's doing. Well, it's like also like maybe they're perfect for each other
1: because mm-hmm. neither one of them can tell the truth. Maybe like this is the ultimate, like the hidden beneath beneath, you know, like, yeah. Jean, Jean can't admit it. She doesn't want to be vulnerable. So she's like putting up a front just the exact same way that Scott did. So maybe wow. they're coming together. Maybe they have to heal each other.
0: <laughs> we have really hit on something, a deep vein of message here. Absolutely. So she's like not going to talk to Scott. So it's really just yep. a, a freak accident that <laughs> she Scott ends up like she, she thinks that Claire has come she back to her get a bag that she left yeah, yeah yeah and Scott's at the door and he apologizes and ex- tries to explain himself I don't know it's as if I'm two people there's the outside me the big mouth jock and then there's the inside me the person I'd really like to be his voice became soft and his words came slowly the inside me is the person I was when you and I were alone Jean you're the first girl I've ever felt comfortable with She backed into the wall. I don't understand, she said flatly. If that's the person you want to be, then why don't you just be him and stop acting like such a creep? Right? He seemed genuinely bewildered. I don't know. I really don't know. Sometimes I think it's because I think that the guys expect me to act a certain way. And sometimes I think it's because girls expect me to. Oh, come on, Jean said sharply. Thank you, Jean. Give me a break. Not you, Jean, and not Claire, but other girls, really. They think if you don't act like a big man, you must be weak. She started to protest, but he rushed ahead. I know it's dumb, Jean, but whenever I start to relax and act like my real self, I don't know what it is. I just seem to panic. I start imagining that everybody's going to think I'm soft or something. And... That is when I was like, oh, okay. This book is about toxic masculinity. It's yes. like the end of the book and it finally clicked for me. Oh, okay. Got me the better male role model in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, the boys expect me to be this way. The girls mm-hmm. expect me to be this way. Everybody yeah. expects me to be this way. And if I start acting like I have feelings, um, I am going to be seen as soft. And that would be a fate worse than death, you know? But I think that's also
1: that's a little bit in his own head. And so I do want I, I do wonder You're what's so going right. on at home, Scott, because the other boys don't think that his actions were cool. The other guys, right. they thought his stuff was icky. We've seen so it I over and over
0: again. They're like, what's yeah, wrong with him? He has this idea of who he's supposed hard. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He, and it, like, where is it coming from? Because it doesn't seem to be coming from the guys at school, even though he thinks of it. Um, yeah. He's insecure in his own self. But it's sad. We don't really know why. But I, I, ha- yeah. I actually have empathy for Scott now. Dang it. Yeah. No.
0: But, but to Jean's credit, she tells him basically, like, yeah. you have no strikes left. Zero. Like, if you <laughs> act like a dick, like an arrogant jock, one like one time, it's over. So uh, I just need to know that Jean sticks to that. As long as Jean sticks to that, I'm cool. But if she does, no. <laughs> right, well, we'll see, yeah, it's like is Scott gonna be a changed man from here on out in these books? He's not a huge you know character in these books. I mean,
1: I'm just gonna say from a forty years of life experience, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, we did it, I think, Claire. We got through to the end of the book. Yeah. I was so floored by
1: how this type of narrative influenced me as a kid and influenced my family. Like, wow. Like, there was a line in there somewhere about, um, oh, gosh, who was having a terminal case of the boy crazies. Somebody had a terminal case Probably of the boy Amy. crazies. Yes. And it's like, that. people said that kind of shit to me. Like, I changed my major once from um, – uh, geology to psychology and the first question out of one of my brother's mouth was um so what boy did you follow oh no dead serious and this is like we're talking this is a very very early aught so like you know 2002 type of type of a thing uh-huh sure. so like you know it's maybe nine years after this no no, tw- how... no yeah, more than a yeah, like 11 after years this. yeah thank you thank you but like Still yeah. that sort of mindset lasted for so long and I think it like it I think it actually genuinely affected people and like genuinely like made I don't know.
0: Well, in some like, ways in two thousand two it could have even been worse because I think yeah. you know, we lost a little ground. This is something that gets talked about a lot in one of the podcasts I work on, Feeling Scene, about how like in the two thousands after nine eleven, mm-hmm. like we got a lot more kind of rigid and yes um
1: Jessica Simpson decided to get engaged to Nick Lachey because of 911 and we all saw how that went
0: <laughs> You know what that's periods. such a good point that is such a good point that's that sums it up right it really does. <laughs> Um so I think that uh you know it's interesting to be I I think it's cool that you can look back at this book and sort of see that like, I mean, it's, it's too bad that that's the case, but you know, it's funny how you're, we're picking up on stuff like that, even from a book like this, that is actually trying to show the error of that kind of thinking. I know. Yeah. I think that's really interesting.
1: Well, it just goes to show you kind of have to do when you're changing really deeply held opinions and thoughts, it takes time. And it takes, you know, it goes it goes a long way. But I just I remember growing up in this era being told, like, women are perfectly equal. There is nothing like you have per like you have perfect equality was just absolutely like said to me as a child. And I believed it. I believed it. And so now I go back and I read these books and I have so much more grace for myself and for all the confusion that I felt and all of the just like not understanding. Because they were just figuring it out. Like, we as a society were just figuring it out. So, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I actually, I don't think these books were bad. I think they were helping in the moment. We just had so far to go. They could only move the needle so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good point, that the books are not the cause of the societal situation. They are a reflection of society. And that's that's critical. That's really important. Yeah. Um, And... But I uh, loved these as a kid. I mean, like, and by the way, like, these were, these
1: were amazing. I love these. I would yeah. read these, like, kind of things every day. Like. Yeah,
0: it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. And the, this like, one was funny, too. Like, this one had a lot of funny little comments in it, too.
1: Dude, I, um, like, ran through this one in, like, one sitting. Like, I was just like.
0: <laughs> well. The the B storyline of this book that we talked about at the beginning is one of the funniest parts. And I think I'd love to talk a little bit more about that and about yes. dreams oh, in Jessica. the extra drama episode. But for now, yeah. um well, I guess I have to ask you, although you already yes. did reveal it in our conversation, Claire, are you an Elizabeth or a Jessica? Elizabeth. Yeah.
1: I'm an Elizabeth.
0: I'm I was I was an Elizabeth. I
1: think sometimes I wanted to be a Jessica. But it, I'm, yeah, 100% Elizabeth. I, you know, although I wish I wish had had Elizabeth's self-confidence. Because I, I think I was, like, nerdy like her. And, like, I kind of, like, wanted to do things a certain way like her. But I don't know that I had, like, the as much confidence as she did. And I love that. I love that she had that in the book. Yeah. Like, that she's like, oh, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, um, uh, who was it? Oh, Claire together with that dude. Like, yeah. goes, I can do
0: this. I know. I know what I'm doing. I will say that as after 78 books plus extras I have can see the way that Elizabeth has a lot more self-possession when it comes to other people's issues than Ooh, it does. When, you know, when it's turned on her. And the thing with Todd in this book is a good example of that where like yeah. she feels very uncomfortable about the idea of maybe being a little bit wrong about something. Yeah you know she yeah. doesn't want to open that up and so she kind of clams up about it but she feels very confident in solving Claire's problem and um solving I get it um, other people's
1: problems are easier. Jean's problem
0: <laughs> she's solving everybody's problem yeah other you people's problems see things
1: easier you can see other people's problems when it's yours you can't
0: lose. yeah all your
1: own emotions get in the way
0: <laughs> so true Well, how about, let's tease the gladiators for the next book. So at the very end, you can kind of summarize, because it's a total, like, left turn. Oh, yeah. The folks are all at the dance. They're having, everybody's having a great time. (laughs) Jessica has a hilarious thought. She thinks, who was it that said, all's well that ends well? (laughs) And I thought that was so funny. Because, of course, it's Shakespeare. And the, the, um... Ghostwriter knew that and was making a joke on Jessica. Who was it that said all's well that ends well? Um, So the camera pans, so to speak, over to a new character. Sorry, gladiators. It's another new character. Sarah Eastbourne, dancing yeah, with da, yet da. another new character, Bob Hillman, who's a senior. And... Sarah is so happy she's, She just started at Sweet Valley earlier this year And she's feeling so happy So
1: happy, so good
0: She's dancing with Bob in his arms And she says She thinks um... She's happier than she had ever been Now that <laughs>
1: right. she and her mother Were safely settled in Sweet Valley Far away from The troubles that had caused her family To fall apart Suddenly, Sarah felt herself shiver lightly as a memory of those terrible times crossed her mind.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And, Uh, um, no matter what, she would not let the past interfere with the present. Not now that she had what she'd worked so hard to have, a stable life. Only one person could disturb her newfound happiness, and that person was far away. That person was her twin brother, Tim as far as anyone at sweet valley high knew (laughs) tim had stayed on the east coast with their father when the eastborns had divorced and that's all anyone had to know um so drama drama would you read the very last sentence in in italics of the of the book can sarah's
1: hard-won happiness last find out in sweet valley high number 79 the long lost
0: brother Whoa, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna be a fun one or not, guys. I think this might be a scary one, but we'll find out. Like <laughs> there's divorce, there's long lost twin brothers. I mean,
1: we're getting Sophie here,
0: it's gonna be dramatic, so it'll be fun in that way, at least. <laughs> maybe not so much dream analysis, but maybe we'll see. Oh, I earth? hope maybe somebody is in peril in that one, that'll be fun. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Is
1: it, um, is it bad that I kinda wanna read the next one
0: now? Not at all. I think that's only natural. It's like smart. Oh god. Well, let's talk a little bit more about dreams and extra drama. But yes. for now, let's leave the gladiators with um a, a lesson I'm gonna have to set up a little bit, uh, because I didn't read this passage earlier. Um, when Jean goes to Jessica to ask for help interpreting her fake dream. Um, which is actually her real life. Um, Jessica says, "Gene, when love knocks, you've got to open the door. So how about that for a lesson for you all? I I should probably have it be something about toxic masculinity, but instead I'm going to go with, when love knocks, you've got to open the door. You know what? I love it. Keep putting yourself out there. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Claire. And thank you, gladiators. See you next week for more extra drama. Bye.